A hundred thousand dollars is no different than a hammer. No different than a hammer. It's a tool. What good is a vacuum, a shovel, a this, a that, if it's not being used? It's dead weight. It's a paperweight. So it's the same thing with bank money in their bank account. It's If it's not making them money, it's useless. Welcome guys to video two in our Raising Capital Masterclass Pace. Pace and I are here at it again, and we are gonna be really diving into how to raise capital. How did you raise your first money? I was in Metro Detroit wholesaling, low, low end. So I, I, my entry into real estate was like, well, what are the cheapest houses? Cause I can't even fathom like expensive houses. So these are like five and $10,000 houses in Detroit, like bad neighborhoods, but there were buyers for them. There were people that wanted the landlord of those properties. So I'd get a house for five grand wholesale for 10 or 10 wholesale for 15. And I did that for a while and I got pretty good, was doing it every month. And yet I realized, man, what's next for me? So I'm trying to like develop myself and I'm like, man, if I could do an entry level fix and flip, like like a beginner home that sells for 125, 150,000, man, that'd be awesome. I could make, instead of making three to $5,000 wholesaling, I could make 25 to $30,000 fixing and flipping. So I, I, I wanna get my first deal, but I'm like, man, I don't have the money. So I'm like, well, who, who do I know that might have money? So I'm thinking about people that have money. And there's a guy I go to church with and he seems like he's killing it, right? So doing good, big house, nice cars. So I, I, I get a deal because I didn't want to go talk to him about a deal without like conceptually, I wanted to like have something. So I get a house under contract and I do all my homework. I have comps. I have like three bids for every trade on the rehab. I have a whole plan. And I asked the guys, he knew I was doing some real estate stuff. So he takes the time to sit down with me and I sit down with him and I'm like, okay, I got this deal closes in 30 days. I basically need a hundred grand to, to buy it and rehab it. And i and I can sell it for 140, 150. And I show him everything. Here's my comps. Here's my, all this, here's why this is a deal. And he looks at me and he says, uh, he says, Jerry, tell me what could go wrong. If I give you my money, like what could go wrong? And I say to him, I say, nothing could go wrong. Like, this is an amazing deal. Like you're, there's like, I basically was telling him, you go, you don't have any risk with me. This guy doing his first deal. And he's looking at me and uh coolest guy. I mean, he became a mentor for me, ended up lending me a lot of money. He, he, he basically puts his arm around me and he's like, Jerry, there are so many things that could go wrong. And if you're going to talk to me about investing my money, I want to know all the things that could go wrong. And if I can live with that, then I'll lend you my money. So don't tell me all the upside only. Tell me the downside. Tell me where, where, what my risk could be. And that was a huge thing for me to learn because there's always risk, right? Like always. I could, there's so many ways that that deal could go wrong. Always. I could have been off on everything. And yet to be that transparent and that upfront and open with a potential money lender, he said, that's how you'll build credibility. That's how you'll raise money. Because all money sources, their biggest concern first is what's my risk? You know, earning a great return on my money is important to me. Like I want that, but not getting my money back is probably more important to me than how much upside I could get. Yeah. And so that ended up being a really big lesson for me. And he ended up lending me the money, you know, and I did the deal and he became like a regular lender. Now, when I first started Pace, um, we're going to do a video about debt versus equity, but I offered all equity. So I said to money people like this, I said, look, lend me the hundred thousand. I need 75 to buy it, 25 to rehab it. Give me a hundred percent of the money and I'll give you 50% of the profit when I sell it in three, four months. So it was a 50, 50 equity. Now, no interest, payments. no interest, no yeah, debt. Yeah. So I'm not making an interest payment and I'm not putting any of my money in. So hundred percent financed yep. from the private lender, no monthly payment. That Love would be that. a debt, a debt 
structure, just equity, 50% of the profit. And, um, and this was my first guy and he rolled the dice with me and I did a great deal, made 25 or whatever, paid him 12, five and, and I did it in like three months. So he reinvested again. Oh, I love it. And reinvested again. And then I learned from him and I started going to other people and just talking to other people at church and a kid, uh, somebody on my kid's baseball team and Com- confidence. And what ended up happening was in that first year doing fix and flips, I was able to get about 10 private people that lent me around a hundred thousand. Cause that was like the price point of deals I was doing. And I had a million dollars in private money, just talking to people that I thought maybe had money or knew. And you know, one or a couple of them referred somebody else or whatever. And it, it didn't take that long, about a year. I had a million, do you know what I did with a million dollars flipping? Because I was turning the same, think about this guys, I'm turning the same hundred thousand three times a year because I'm doing a deal in three to four months. Well, now their capital is available again. So a hundred thousand was really 300,000. If I'm doing three deals. These people fell in love with Jerry. Oh yeah. And think about it. They're getting, on average, I was doing about 25 to 30,000. So their same hundred grand. Were you splitting 50, 50 with them the whole time? Oh, interesting. So their same hundred grand was making them 45, $50,000. They're getting 50% return on their money in a year, over a year doing three deals with me. I think that was they were probably, killing it. I think at that point, your mindset was probably that the money was the most important part of the deal, right? Whereas once you get to a point where you have enough capital or enough connections, you no longer give that so much credence. Well, you start saying yeah. the deal is actually more important, and the the project management of that deal is more important because I have so many opportunities on the money side. So I'm sure you still partner with people from time to time, but I think you, you've gotten to a point now where you're not giving 50% of your equity away to your lenders. Right? I mean, I still do on some projects. It's what's project specific because some projects are, make a lot of sense. We're talking about big boy Big deals. boy projects, usually there's equity. But if you got a small deal, you're yeah, not you're not mostly doing, debt. Yeah, mostly just an debt. interest rate. But here's what's fascinating if you think about a real estate business. You, you, need, you need a couple things. You still need a technician in the deal that's going to find the deal yep. and operate and manage the deal. And then you have the capital. You need the money. If Without the two, there is no deal. Yeah. There's, there's the on the ground, finding the deals, and then there's the capital that funds the deals, Yeah, right? Like those two have to merge. So I got really good in my wholesale business at finding good deals. So what? once I got really good at finding deals, my next problem was funding deals. Right. So it was just the next obstacle to tackle. Now, what's amazing is as you grow a real estate business, if you do like Pace and you build a brand and you build a massive brand, you've just now solved both problems without you now doing the work because now you have minions in the marketplace right. running around getting deals and that's work, right? You got to, it's a lot of work. Got to talk to sellers. You got to talk to agents. You got to drum up deals. You got to make a lot of offers. You then can get your army of finders that are bringing, that bring deals. And since they yet, haven't yet learned capital structure, right? they come to a pace and they say, Hey, I got a great deal. I don't have the funding for it or all the funding for it. And then pace at the same time is saying, okay, well, not only have I built an army, like this is the backbone of my business is finders, people, students bringing me deals, right? Right. right. Now I also have built the same army of people with cash, people with accessible money, but don't know where to, but don't know how to find deals right. or want to find deals. A lot of them don't want to, they don't want to do that. They don't want to find deals. No. They just want to deploy their capital. And now imagine you bring those two worlds together. You're now doing hundreds and thousands of projects and there's no limit to what you can do. And you have money limit. waiting and you have deals. You have both on the sidelines right now. 
Yeah. More deals than you can look at and more money that you can put together. hundred percent. And then it relies on me to organize it and keep it all going. So in a way that I can hire people to then do those things so I could be here with you making this series for you guys. I love the mindset that went into the first deal that you did raising capital is having to learn that that is a way to speak to private money lenders. Here's what could go wrong. Here's what could go right. Yeah. Let them balance. And here's where my first deal, my first house I ever raised capital for. When I got home from my mission, both you and I went on missions. I came home and I started working for a guy named Rick Palmer in Mesa, Arizona. Rick mm. Palmer built a bunch of stuff. He was a big developer. At this point, he was reti- somewhat retired. And I was out cleaning up construction sites. It was my first job when I got home from my from my mission. All the real contractors would work during the day and I would come at, in at night and clean up all the job sites. And I'd sit there and listen to my Walkman and all that kind of stuff. The iPad <laughs> had just, or the iPod had just barely come out. And somebody brings a deal to me. Here's what's interesting. Leading up to that point, I'm brand new. I have a little Dodge truck, single cab, little teeny truck. And I would go to Rick Palmer. I'd go, hey, Rick, I don't have a a tool to clean up this job site and I don't have the money to do it. Can I borrow a tool out of your garage? He goes, no problem. Take the tool, take the tool, take the tool. Just make sure you clean it up and you return it in in the same condition (laughs) that you borrowed it at. So I do this for a year, right? And I'm doing other things in the day. um, And then at nighttime, I'm cleaning up job sites. And so one day, somebody across the street from a project I'm working on comes to me and says, hey, you seem like a guy that's like out here working hard. Do you want to do this project with me? And I was like, I don't have the tool. I don't have the money to do that. I'm broke. Like I'm just 21 years old. I don't have any money. And he's like, don't you know the people that own this, all this building stuff? Like, can't you work them into the deal somehow? And I'm like, no, no, no. He would never ever do that. He would never do that. (laughs) A couple months later, that guy goes off, does the project without me. I'm cleaning up the job sites around his project. And six months later, house is done. He's already pre-sold it. This is 2000. Was it a new construction or a new construction? Okay. It's 2006. So it's like houses are all bro at at the height. height. Rick comes by a, a project of mine and he says, how's it going? We get into t- to a conversation. He goes, oh man, that guy, that guy over there sold, got his project done fast. And I go, yeah, man, he asked me if I wanted to get involved in the thing. And did it. he's like, why didn't you? What do you mean? Why, you, you had an opportunity to jump in that deal and you didn't jump in it. And I go, well, I, I don't think I have, I didn't have the money, Rick. And he goes, this entire time, <laughs> you've been borrowing my tools out of my garage <laughs> this entire time. And you, here, Pace, I'm going to teach you something valuable right now. It was the most valuable thing Rick taught me. He said, my money as a wealthy person is just as much a tool as the hammer that you've been borrowing, Mm -hmm. the vacuum you've been borrowing. It's only useful when it's put to work. And you're sitting over here happily taking things out of my garage and bothering me. And I have to hear the garage opening and closing three times a week because you're going and coming and you're shuffling my tools back and forth. But you didn't come to me and say, hey, can I use one of your other tools, which is your capital, and actually return it with more money? Even better. Even yeah. better, I'm like, oh my, you, wow. would, you would do that? So you're, so that's fascinating. $100,000 is no different than a hammer. No different than a hammer. It's a tool. And so what he told me as a contractor, he said, you got all these tools, and the problem, the problem, this, is, this was his punt, the punchline. He says, you got all these tools that you think are the things that go out and make money. But the reality is money can make more money than all of these tools combined. Mm. And guess what that makes you, Pace? And I go, what? And he goes, a tool. You are a tool for me. And you're a tool for not asking me to, (laughs) he says, you're a tool for not asking me to deploy capital into that deal. We both could have made $100,000. And so that wasn't the first time I did my deal, but that was leading up to it. And I started looking at every single person differently that they have capital sitting there decaying. He says, losing money, losing money. What good is a vacuum, a shovel, a this, a that, if it's not being used, it's dead weight. 
It's a paperweight. So it's the same thing with bank money in their bank account. It's If it's not making them money, it's useless. So um, my first deal I ever did, I borrowed $19,000 from a guy, his name's Jeff Dumas. And Jeff Dumas um, was a friend of mine and we played golf together. And I said, man, I wanna go flip a house. And he goes, oh, you wanna flip a house? I got some money, what, how can I get involved? And that was the second most important lesson I learned in um, raising capital is that everybody, doctors, lawyers, engineers, traveling nurses, doesn't matter what the profession is, architects, they all grow up in their profession and every single one of them wants to actually be in real estate. I didn't know that, but they all go to school for 16 years, eight years, six years, they go become these professions just so they can get one thing, financial freedom. Yet you and I have achieved that through real estate. So what they do is, and they haven't even achieved that through being doctors and lawyers and you know, architects. No, they, I mean, they, they were never taught finance. No. They were never taught business. So. When I, so Jeff Dumas comes to me and he says, man, if you could put my money to work, I'd love to bring as much money as you want. I go, what, what are you thinking? He goes, well, how much do you need? I go, I think I need $19,700. He's like done. That was the next question le- lesson I learned is that I looked at, I didn't understand structuring a deal that I got paid up front for managing it, finding it, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All I d- was like sitting there scratching my, I, I was really sharpening my pencil and going, I need exactly $1,917 and something odd cents. And he's like, okay, literally <laughs> writes me a check for exactly what I told him to. Yeah. And he, he sends the money to title. And um, that was another lesson I learned. He says, never, I will never wire money to you as an individual. I will always wire it to the project and make sure that I'm leaned against the property. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, okay, great, great lesson. So he gave me $19,000 on my first flip. The property is on Plata Avenue in Mesa, Arizona. And he charged me simple interest. Mm -hmm. Simple interest just means 12%. You get, you got a payment every single month. And that also stressed me out. And I'm sitting there going really, really fast because I was trying to avoid as many of these payments as I possibly could not knowing how to structure anything. So Jeff Dumas, guy I was just playing golf with, he asked me, this is where it came up. He asked me, what are you into lately? What's going on? How's your life? What's what's happening in your life? I go, well, you know, I think I'm going to do my first flip. And it perks up his ears, gets him so excited. I go, you, you'll fund the deal for me? I had no idea. Now I just tell people what I do all day long and everybody yeah. flocks to it. So made I ended up making 20 grand on the deal after everything was said and done. And I learned some of the most valuable lessons through Rick Palmer and Jeff Dumas through that first experience. And you know, Pace, like just talking to people about what you're doing and not being afraid to ask for money. Like when I first started that, I was like sweating bullets, like trying to talk to somebody about lending me money on a deal. Yeah. And it became so routine for me after a while that like I had no problem asking somebody, hey, you got money that you want to get to work? My pitch line was always, hey, if I could show you how to get double digit return on your money, that'd be something you're interested in. Secured against real estate. Secured against real estate. And they're like, wait, what? Double digit returns. Yeah. Because their retirement accounts are, and we'll talk about that, you know, in one of our videos of where did private money letters come from. But I'm in Jamil's mastermind a couple of weeks ago. He asked me to come speak. Girl in the audience, people, so I go, who has a question? Somebody raised a hand and goes, but where does all this money come from? I'm like, oh, that's the question I was asking for so long. I yeah. had no idea. And I go, who in here has a retirement account? And this lady named Renee raises her hand. I go, how much money do you have in there? And the way I asked the question made four or five people in the audience go, oh, he asked her how much money yeah, she like has. Yeah, like that's a personal private question. And so she goes, <laughs> she says, uh, she goes 150,000. And I go, did you, 115? 
She goes, no, $150,000, as proud as you yeah. can imagine. <laughs> right. That's and, her money, yeah. And so I use that as a lesson. I go, guys, do you see how proud she is of how much money she has in her account? And I go, Renee, how much money did that money make you last year? And she goes, probably negative 10%. Yeah. And everybody is looking at her. And I go, you guys think she's the only one in the room with this money? And I go, anybody in here, there's about 35 people in here. I go, anybody in here, if I found a good deal would want to put twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars in a deal with me, and mm. there was like eight people go boom. Yeah, just and like that. Now the other people that they're looking around, going, "Oh my gosh, I have private money lenders literally sitting next to me in a room." Forty percent of people probably around you physically have money that they would put into a deal with you. This is fantastic. So I think, pace on our next video, let's talk about private money. Maybe we could do a comparison to hard money because that's another yeah. debt, uh, another structure or another way to get capital. But um, I'd love to talk to you about some of your tips for private money, mm -hmm. maybe uh, what, what fees you offer, mm -hmm. um, how you position that private money so that maybe they will self-direct it if it's IRA money, like some of those ideas. Yeah. I've got some great tips and strategies as well on like how you position that with those people. Like how do you get them to actually lend you your money? I mean, one thing I've learned for, for certain is people will not invest in something they don't understand. Right. So if you're going to go to, to a private person that does not know real estate investing, they don't understand it. And if you can't convey to them how lending their money to you is a good idea and how it works, mm -hmm. they're not going to do it. There's not. So you have to get really good at showing that you're credible and showing that their money is going to be secured and safe and why it's a good investment. You have to learn how to do that to really effectively raise money, right? So maybe we could share some of those ideas. I think that'd be an awesome video. I love it. Guys, here, here's, a, here's a question I want to ask you guys. Have you ever borrowed something from your neighbor? Have you ever borrowed a vacuum? Uh, you know, have you ever asked your neighbor to help you pick something up or do something or whatever else. I can tell you it's as easy as asking your neighbor for a bottle of ketchup or a cup of sugar to ask them, hey, for $100,000, I could put you in this deal or $50,000 or whatever. It is mind-blowing when you look at it from a tool perspective that all these rich people, and they're... It, Forget about rich people. Not even rich people. Every ordinary, ordinary people. The majority of the people that invest in my deals are ordinary people. And we could do a video of what, what are the demographics of yeah, lenders. Yeah, definitely. But my, my favorite demographic of lenders are the ones, or private money lenders are the ones that are like, I, at some point in the future, maybe in the next two to three years, I'd like to be you. And so they just want you to talk about the deal, maybe even let them visit the property and take some photos with you at the property. They want to be you. And I find out they're the easiest, they're more, the most encouraging, they really want you to win. Whereas like Rick and Jeff Dumas, the guys in my story, those guys would never want to even show up to a project. No, me. they wouldn't care. They don't care. Yeah. But the ones that are easy, we'll talk about where to find them. Like guaranteed today, when the video comes out, it'll be one of the videos, where do private money lenders come from? In that video, video I can guarantee you with the tips that we giving you, give you in that video, you could raise $100,000 from that video in during the video. I'll give you instructions of exactly yeah. what to do to raise 100,000 bucks. Just like that, guys. Yeah. And you're off to the races doing deals. I yeah. mean, just like that. Then you'll be Jerry Norton's neighbor in Puerto Rico. Yeah, do it, that'd be fun. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, be on the lookout for that video coming up next.